Hi guys, this is Kalyan Kamakar here and welcome to one more episode of Radio Finally Chopped. What is Radio Finally Chopped? Well, let me tell you something about myself. I am uh, a market researcher turned food writer. I began food blogging about 11 years back. I had moved into Mumbai 20 years back from Kolkata. And um, I love telling stories about food and, and podcasts is a new medium which my friend Rahul suggested for telling stories about food. And here I am with Radio Finally Chopped. I know it's a new medium for a lot of us, including for a lot of you who are logging in for the first time. In fact, when I was talking to my mother the other day, she wanted to know what's the difference between a podcast and a broadcast. And in her mind, she was comparing it with a radio show. And then she said that, how come there are no songs and ads uh, in between your talk? Well, someday, I hope advertisers will uh, look at Radio Finally Chopped and put in big money. And when they do, I will have a recording studio of my own. But one can always dream. But till then, I do these podcasts from my study in our house in Bandra, which also doubles up as the guest bedroom. So which means that when people are not around, in between writing, I also take a little snooze in the guest bed. And that's where I sit and do my podcasts and bring my stories to you. What is Radio Finally Chopped about? Well, there are many types of podcasts, podcasts which are about conversations with people, podcasts which are about history, podcasts which uh, bring you a lot of research, uh, data and, and so on. My podcasts are stories uh, which I tell you about and that's what Radio Finally Chopped is. It's, it's about stories from the world of food which make me happy, which give me a lot of joy and which I want to share with you. And given that it's Christmas and tomorrow, I couldn't have thought of a better topic uh, to speak about than what I'm talking about today because I'm feeling all Christmassy and Christmas is about joy and happiness and this is my Christmas story. The only hitch it's not about Turkey, it's about, Mumbai. it's about Mumbai and therefore it's not about Turkey, it's about biryani. So here's my Christmas story about Lucky and his biryani, a place which is also known as Lucky Biryani. Lucky Restaurant in Bandra is at, located at Esvi Road at the entrance of Bandra, which is called the Queen of Suburbs of Mumbai. It is literally a landmark restaurant because when you come to Bandra and you tell people where to meet you, you say, go past Lucky Biryani, go left by Lucky Biryani. In fact, that's the funny thing that though the restaurant now has 100 dishes or more on this menu, including Chinese dishes, it is still known for its biryani and, and that's the dish for which people head to. It was established in 1938 and over the last couple of years I've got to meet uh, the family which runs it and uh, there's one of the grandsons of the owner Mohsen Ali and, and he's someone who's always there, very hands-on. Uh, he's uh, born in Mumbai, a Bandra boy like he says and I used to see him when I was new to the restaurant but at that time I didn't know him and I'm talking of 20 years back. But off late, uh, whenever I go there, I speak to him. And, and he also introduced me to his father, Mr. Safar Ali, who's in his 80s now. Like Mohsen, he's a Bandra boy as well. And the family has been running this place. The restaurant was set up, like I said, in 1938 by uh, the grandfather of uh, Mohsen Ali, uh, Mr. Ahmed Ali. And uh, the gentleman had come to India from Iran in 1912. He initially opened a restaurant called uh, Bombay Restaurant in the Bazar Gali in Bandra where he would serve primarily a few dishes like keema, mincemeat curries and biryanis and so on for the mill workers of Mumbai who would 
come early in the morning to work before going for the shift uh, in the factories and even world war soldiers are said to have been uh, patrons of that little eatery then he saw that there was this showroom selling cars at the entrance of sv road which was uh, open for sale and that's when uh, mohsen's grandfather took up uh, the place and decided to open his restaurant there in 1938 before india became independence or before the world war actually and uh, that was called lucky restaurant when it started off it had a limited menu of biryani and uh, keema and of dal and roti and rice and odd vegetable dish and like the irani restaurants of mumbai which many of them doubled up like as provision stores and you'll see an example of that again in bandra in hill road at uh, good luck cafe good luck which is near lilavati they had a provision store uh, as well but over the years the family decided to focus on the restaurant and uh, and the menu was expanded in fact in the mid 90s when mohsen took an active interest in the restaurant after being a student he also brought in chinese sections and so on and he's also introduced air conditioned sections for people to sit in apart from the main hallway which is non air conditioned and uh, the business has grown since then they've they've tried one or two expansion attempts and they'd gone to goregaon for some time but bandra is where the main hub is and when you say lucky that's the restaurant which everyone knows uh, it to be synonymous with and that is what today's podcast is but i've told you about uh, the story of lucky and uh, you can read about that in my blog you will see that on the internet as well but what i'm going to tell you today is about my personal story with lucky and how lucky helped welcome me to mumbai when i moved in 20 years back and made sure that i made mumbai my home This is Kalyan Karmakar here and you're listening to Radio Finally Chopped, my podcast where I tell you about stories from the world of food which make me very happy and hopefully will make you happy too. Today's podcast is about the restaurant called Lucky in Bandra in Mumbai and in the earlier segment I told you about a bit of its history. But let me tell you a bit of my history with Lucky. For this I have to take you back to the year 1997 when I'd moved in to Mumbai first on a training assignment with a job which I just started which is with a market research agency called IMRB I just completed my MBA and this is the first time I was living away from home by myself I was put up in a PG or paying guest accommodation by my office for the training period and I was told that I'd be staying with a Punjabi family I was very excited you know I had just grown up in Calcutta I didn't know much about people in other communities I didn't know much about food and i thought that living with punjabis means having tandoori chicken every night and of course being a good bengali boy i love non vegetarian food and yes i actually like meat more than fish and i still do so i landed up in mumbai and went to the pg and shock number 1 happened they had an indian toilet and not a western one and i was not used to that but that was the norm in mumbai at that time and when i told the admin person in the office He said why is there a problem I mean in office we have western toilets so when you come to the office in the morning you can use it bit unsavory for a food podcast well that's the reality of mumbai life 
this was also the first time I was sharing a room with anyone in my life and, and that was a bit unsettling but thankfully my PG mate Varma who was a very very nice guy from Andhra Pradesh uh, was a CA and therefore he would keep going to uh, offices outside of Mumbai for audit and I often had the place to myself. The third shock when I landed in Mumbai in 97 was the fact that forget tandoori chicken there was not even fish tikkas in the in the PG because it was run by a family whose surname was Agarwal and they were Punjabi Hindus or Banyas and they told me that they were vegetarian. And not only that because the PG auntie had uh, sort of spent quite a bit of her childhood days in Cochin. There were a lot of idlis and dosas in, in the breakfast and, and there was no non-veg at all. Which for someone like me who's grown up in Calcutta and had non-vegetarian food every day of his life was tough. Of course, non-vegetarian food back home didn't mean meat every day. There was fish every day. And on days when there was no fish, my mother would make sure that there would at least be some form of an egg, either a fried egg or a demet dalna, a curry or a poach, which is again a fried egg or a mumlet or an omelet. But there was one tradition when we were growing up uh, in Calcutta at home, which was Sundays meant mangsho or, or meat. When I was a kid, and, and when we moved into Calcutta from Iran and earlier in the UK, meat or mangsho meant uh, pathar mangsho or goat meat. However, the mid-80s came across and, and my mom got very health conscious and that's when you know the anti-red meat lobby came up and everyone said that red meat is bad for the heart and therefore one should move to white meat and the poultry lobby was pretty active as we figured out now and my mother said we should move to chicken. Therefore, Every Sunday in Calcutta meant that it was chicken curry and rice and that was what our lunch was. Of course the chicken would last a whole weekend so on Friday I would go to the local market and, and buy uh, the chicken and then it would be cooked on Friday night and uh, we'd have that on Saturday. So Saturday would be the spare parts like the, the neck, the, uh, there would be potatoes in the curry, the gizzard, uh, the liver and so on. Um, Sunday would be the main meat pieces and there were three of us in the family my dad had passed on so my brother younger brother mom and I and we had a sort of a round robin which ensured that two of us would have the two drumsticks and and you know the third person would get it the next week and that was a time when we used to buy the whole chicken and, and we were not uh, used to buying chicken drumsticks like we do in Mumbai uh, today and whatever was left of the chicken, like if there was a bit of liver left or a bit of the stomach or a bit of the potatoes, I'd make a sandwich with that for my tiffin uh, the next day. So nose to tail eating anyone? Well, that's what he did. Now imagine coming to Mumbai and being told that not only will my dinners be vegetarian because my PG had a food option, but Sunday lunch would be vegetarian as well. I was miserable. I, I wanted to go home. So I went and spoke to my PG auntie uh, and, and she was a very lovely lady and I, and I must say that if I'm in Mumbai after so many years it's, it's thanks to her almost taking me under her wings and being like a mother figure for the three years that I stayed uh, in the PG with her. So I went up to her and said that you know is there any place where I can go and have uh, some non-veg on, on a Sunday afternoon and this Punjabi lady who, who didn't really go out much to eat and, and definitely wouldn't go out to eat non-vegetarian food told me that why don't you go to Lucky or in rather in her words Aap Lucky jao. 
so i asked what is lucky and that's when i got to know of lucky the restaurant uh, which is there at the entrance of sv road my pt was near bandra talao or the pond at the entrance of bandra and it was fairly close to lucky so i walked down from the pg one sunday afternoon and asked around and reached lucky restaurant very easily lucky was is situated at the at the crossroads and i later learned that that's what irani restaurant owners did in the early 1900s uh, or the late mid 1800s when they moved in the hindus apparently didn't take uh, establishments which are located at the crossroads because they thought that that would be inauspicious so the iranis moved in and opened uh, their provision stores and restaurants at lower rates because they were hard to these places were hard to dispose of and it seems that uh, the family which runs lucky did that as well and luckily for us that was close to home so i walked in on a sunday afternoon and i saw it was a huge fairly huge by mumbai standards uh, restaurant and like i said Over the years, there have been sections added to it, uh, which are air-conditioned sections, party areas, or, or family room areas, and so on. But in 1997, when you entered, you would come across a large seating area. And, and I recently read in a midday article that it was this place was refurbished in 1994. So I walked into the refurbished area, and it remains exactly the same 21 years later, in in 2018. So there. The seating is fairly spartan. The ceiling is high. Uh, there are fans churning around, and even when you go in at summer or or in uh, the sultry months of the monsoon, it doesn't really get pretty hot. The place is neat and clean. Uh, it's not smelly at all, and it's being continuously cleaned up. The service is attentive, and and the waiters come in and then they take in your orders. And like I said, you might see Mohsen or members of his family around, and. Um, So I walked in and I sat down and I sat with the menu, but in the back of my mind I said that hey, this place is called Lucky Biryani. I should order biryani, and which made a lot of sense because biryani is a dish which I doted on and I still do. When I grew up in Kolkata in the mid 1980s and 1990s, there was not much else in terms of eating, and biryani was big to us. But how was Lucky Biryani? I placed an order for a biryani and I called for a mutton biryani since I was away from home and there was no mom to tell me that don't eat a mutton and go for chicken. I also called for a cola. I think it was a Pepsi which I used to have those days and uh And since I was alone, I thought, let me pick up a newspaper. So since I'd already read the Sunday Times of India at home in the PG, I went and picked up a midday from the newspaper stall just outside and settled down with the newspaper, just as people do in cafes today. But then Lucky was a cafe. It was an Irani cafe, and yes, Mumbai did have cafes before the baristas and coffee days and the Starbucks's and Dibelas came in. The waiter soon got a plate of biryani for me, and in those days it used to be served in a plate. Nowadays they give it in a handi or a copper vessel. And the first thing which struck me was that uh, there was a lot more biryani on the plate than what one got in Kolkata 
or Calcutta as it was known then. Though in, fan, in all fairness, uh, the Calcutta biryani was a lot cheaper than uh, the one that I got in Lucky. So in, in Calcutta, the basic biryani was as much as I needed myself. In Lucky, what I figured out was that it was a bit more than what I could eat. And soon I saw that that was the trend in restaurants in Mumbai, that the prices would be more than in Kolkata and so would be the amount of food. The other thing which I saw was that there were far more pieces of meat. So in the basic piece in Kolkata, there would be only one piece of meat. But in Lucky, there were many pieces of meat and the mutton was very tender. There was no large aloo or potato like in the Calcutta biryani, but there were cubed potatoes, a few potatoes in the Lucky biryani. And that's when I slowly realized that it's not that all biryanis have potatoes. Uh, it's, it's more a Calcutta thing. And years later, I read the story about how Wajid Ali Shah brought in uh, the biryani to Kolkata when he moved in from Oud. And um, how that is where, uh, you know, the potato was added to the biryani. There's some controversy about whether it was added because they were on a tight budget or whether they added it because they wanted something exotic. And potatoes at that time was as exotic as broccoli is today. But the Bombay biryani, the sort of biryani which you get in Lucky or Nurani or Jafarpai, does have potatoes in it. But the potatoes are different from the Calcutta one. They are smaller and, and they don't soak in the masalas the way the Calcutta one does. I was in for more biryani shocks later as I got into food writing and I read uh, people like V. Sangvi and so on and their books on food. And, and spoke to people like Kunal Vijaykar or Kuruj Dalal. And that's when I realized that uh, the biryani which we get in Kolkata, which is a derivative of the Lucknow biryani, is something which purists would call a pulao. And what you get in Hyderabad is apparently the actual biryani. But the way I say it is that if you go to every restaurant in, in Lucknow, whether it's Wahids or Idris or, or Tunde or so on, or if you go to Kolkata to Shiraz or Zishan or Aminia or Alia or, or Nizams or Arsalan, it's called the biryani. And look, if we, call the, if we call it the biryani, it's the biryani and there are many types of biryani. Talking of many types, I was in for the shocker of my life when I dug in to the biryani with my fork and saw that under the rice, which was waiting most placidly for me, was a very thickish masala. So now in Calcutta, the biryani which I've grown up in and what I've experienced later in Lucknow, um, there is no overt masala in it. It's, it's more about rice and meat and different layers of uh, spicing, which is inherent in the rice and, and the flavors of the stock in which the rice has been cooked. But in the biryani of Mumbai, there is a thick spice paste. It's a masala. Or what my mother-in-law, uh, who's a Parsi, calls a yakni. My mother-in-law, who of course came into my life later, because at that time I hadn't met my wife either, so I met them, met her a couple of years later, we got married a couple of years later, and that's when I met my mother-in-law and got to know about her uh, love for rice and her love for biryani, and for her, it was always about the masala. And I looked at the biryani and said, this is not my biryani, this is not what I wanted. Where am I? I'm so far away from home and I think that's when it first struck me and I was a bit of a feeling like a bit of a crybaby uh, then. But I enjoyed the dish. I, I enjoyed, uh, you know, the good quality mutton. I enjoyed the spicy rice. I enjoyed the good quality basmati which was there. 
I I uh, sort of treasured the couple of potatoes which were in it. I enjoyed washing it down with my cola. I enjoyed reading the midday and uh, the little bit of gossip and and of course in those were the days of the midday mates and and the Mumbai stories which were in it and and looking onto Mumbai and life in Mumbai walk past in SV road and a drive past too. And that became a routine. Every Sunday I would head to Lucky from my PG and order a biryani and a cola and sit down with my midday and have lunch. And slowly over time that became a ritual for me just as having chicken curry and rice with my family in Kolkata on Sunday was for me. And slowly and slowly Mumbai became home to me. I went back to Kolkata after a training period of 6 months. A year back I said I'm bored, I want to get back to Mumbai. I asked my mother for her permission, I asked my boss for his permission in IMRB, took a transfer, moved back in 99 and I have not gone back since and it's been for 19 years here, about 20 21 years after I first moved into Mumbai. And as I became a Mumbaiker from a Calcutton, Lucky remained a part of my life. and i would often go to lucky and have biryani or or take uh, people from my office there for lunch or sometimes pack the biryani and get it home and i would always tell them to put less masala because lucky is a mumbai uh, gem it's a bandra gem and unlike in kolkata in mumbai uh, establishments are very service oriented so if you tell them less masala they will put less masala if you tell them extra aloo they will put extra aloo but it would still be a bit too much masala for me so if my mother mother in law is at home uh, visiting us then i'd pick up a biryani from lucky take it back i would take the upper layer of the rice which didn't have the masala and the meat and my mother in law is vegetarian these days so she doesn't eat meat so she doesn't mind dish dishes which have meat so she would take the rice and then the masala in it and the yakni and then look at me and say ooh masala yakni this is what i love and that is my lucky biryani story so yes of course there are 100 dishes in lucky there are chinese dishes in lucky and i've eaten that in the early days we all do things which we regret in our youth but no i'm just joking i mean you can have that if you like but uh, for me if this is your first experience of lucky uh, you should definitely go in for the biryani mutton ideally though nowadays uh, chicken sells more in lucky i'm told you also get uh, the iranian chello kebab i've tried that once When I lived in Iran for a year in 78 to 79 my mother used to make it to me make it for me and um, lucky is also an irani cafe and and uh, you know one associates south mumbai with irani cafes but though lucky is in bandra it is an irani cafe here and you can go in in the morning or the evening and have some of the irani cafe treats so you can have chai and ban maska or or you can have uh, keema pav which is with which a dish with which the establishment had started the keema is a bit spicy high on garam masala but good quality minced meat which you don't always get everywhere in irani places and uh, i'm a bit more fond of the anda burji here which is a spicy scrambled egg um so between the keema pav and the anda burji uh, ban maska and uh, chai are sorted and let me give you an interesting fact at the end of this segment which ties up the lucky episode with the early episode which was candies So what I heard from Mohsen was that in the early days of Lucky when his grandfather was running it along with the keema he would source which is Mohsen's grandfather would source the pav from a place called Sanatan Bakery in Bandra the place doesn't exist anymore but Sanatan Bakery was uh, 
run by the forefathers, probably the grandfather of Alan Pereira, who runs Candies today. And, and therefore, the two Mandra legends, Candies and Lucky, were actually tied up in the beginning by the ties of good bread. And that is the story of Lucky, a gem of Bandra, a place where you should go and try the biryani, because that's the biryani which made Lucky home for me. What is special about Lucky? Wait on for the next segment. You're listening to Radio Finally Chopped and this is uh, the last segment of my episode on Lucky Restaurant in Bandra in Mumbai. And I'm Kalyan Karmakar and bringing you one more story from the world of food which makes me happy. I've already spoken to you about Lucky Restaurant and how it's a landmark in Bandra and marks the beginning of the suburb in Mumbai. I've spoken to you a bit about the history of this place which was established in 1938. I've spoken to you a bit about my personal history of Lucky which started when I moved into Mumbai in 1997. But I also want to tell you about a conversation which I had with Mohsen Husseini whose grandfather had started Lucky when the gentleman had come in from Iran. Mohsen of course was born in Mumbai and is a Bandra boy. I once asked Mohsen that how come Lucky is not shut during the daytime at Ramzan as how many Muslim Rani trees in Mumbai are and which is understandable because uh, you know the people who run the restaurant, the cook, the chefs, everyone who works there and the owners are observing the fast uh, during the day during the Hori month of Ramzan and that's why they shut down. I was surprised that uh, Lucky didn't do so and, and they're open through the day. So I asked Mohsen, how come this happens? Why is it that you don't shut during the day and open at night? Mohsen's answer was very simple, very forthright and very immediate. He didn't have to think. He said that Lucky is a place which is meant for everyone. For my family, it is a tribute to Mumbai. It's our expression of the sense of gratitude which we feel. In Lucky, everyone can come and eat, regardless of which class or community you belong to, which religion you belong to. Lucky is a place for everyone. And that is why Lucky is open all day, even during Ramzan, and is not shut. And to me, folks, that is a wonderful way of capturing the spirit of Mumbai. And to me, Lucky Restaurant is one which does a great job of doing that. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope, of course, as always, you look over the bloopers because this is just a story I had to tell you. Have a very, very happy and Merry Christmas, guys. And if I don't do one more podcast before the new year, then have a great new year. This is Kalyan Tamakar signing off.